folks. Welcome back into Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am, well, excited is probably the wrong word for this one, let's be honest. I am obligated to bring you the recap for the Denver Nuggets game as they lose to the Chicago Bulls in the second game of the preseason, final score 131-113. This was not a defensive slugfest, as they like to say. This was not a a grinded-out kind of game, and I think Michael Malone probably not super happy about this one, let's be honest. Uh, This was a game where, obviously, Nikola Jokic was out. Denver had been kind of playing around and and not really hiding. That's, That's the wrong word, but not necessarily being super forthcoming on whether Nikola would play. He didn't make the trip with the team to the Chicago or to Chicago to play the Bulls on Friday night, and he sat out with a right with a right wrist sprain, as designated by the injury report. And so I've talked about this previously. This is precautionary. This is not something where Nuggets fans need to get all worried and up in arms. The Nuggets were going to rest Nikola Jokic at various points throughout the regular season anyway. So could Nikola Jokic have played? Sure. Yeah, he absolutely could have played. Should he have played? Absolutely not. That's kind of where we are at this stage. So hopefully the soreness goes away, can rest it a little bit, can definitely give it some time to heal over the course of this past, uh, this these last few days and before Monday's preseason game on October 10th. But tonight, let's talk about the Chicago Bulls game as the Nuggets lose 131-113. The starters in this one were the four starters minus Jokic, and instead of him, DeAndre Jordan got the start. I had previously posited that I thought that Zeke Naji might be a good option to start against the Bulls, and it, it, Malone went the other way, and it's fine either way as long as Denver gets enough looks where you could go one way or the other and at least get enough data where you feel comfortable with whatever decisions and, and whatever rotation decisions are made by the regular season. But with the starting lineup, uh, you had Murray, KCP, Porter, Gordon, and DeAndre Jordan out there. And I got to be honest, I was, I was happy with where the defense was with that starting group in the first quarter. I thought that towards the end of it, it kind of tailed off. But to begin, I thought they forced some pretty tough shots for the Bulls. They didn't let them really get out in transition. Most of the Chicago shots were pretty tough, mid-rangers, floaters, things like that. Not a ton of open threes. It sort of fell apart after that second, third, fourth quarter, uh, especially the second quarter where Denver gives up 45 points. It was brutal. But the starting unit, we're going to focus more on them in the first segment, and we'll probably focus mostly on Michael Porter. But we'll start with Jamal Murray here. He left early in this game with a hamstring injury as designated by Malone post-game. Hamstring injury. Not great. Uh, Soft tissue injuries are definitely not great ever, especially for guys that are coming off of long absences where the bodies probably aren't super used to playing in NBA competition. That's that's perfectly obvious, I would say. Uh, Before he left, Murray didn't look great. I thought he did some good things as a passer, but he had zero points on four shots, five assists, zero turnovers. So-so on defense, some good, some bad, but pretty passive. Couldn't really get past his defender a ton, didn't have a ton of burst. 
Ayo Dusumu, a young defender, but a very good defender at the point guard position. So I'm not really surprised that Murray kind of struggled here, but uh, this, he's going to have a lot of tough matchups. Let's be honest. There's a lot of pressure on him when he's out there, especially in the starting unit. Teams can get away with having their star guards defend KCP or their average defensive forwards guard, Aaron Gordon. Their top guys are going to be on Murray, Porter, and Jokic pretty consistently. And those guys are going to have to find a way to respond. It's actually one of the things about not having Will Barton anymore that I think a lot of Nuggets fans are going to not miss. That's probably the wrong word, but at least be like, oh yeah, that's why that's why he was a good fit, especially when he was healthy. Uh, KCP did get up some good passes. Uh, he had four assists. Had I think he was two of three from three, or not not from three, but two of three from the field. O of one from three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Had a steal. I thought KCP played some pretty good defense on Zach Levine. If there's any solace in that. But that was really the only guy who I thought stood out because of his defense, because of his defensive, or at least in a positive light. Not a lot of guys you can say really stood out positively on the defensive end tonight. Murray was so-so, had some good, had some bad. He got blown by in transition one time. Uh, sometimes it's tough for him to, like the, the speed of the game as he talked about, it's still pretty fast right now. That'll slow down over the course of a period of time, hopefully by the end of the season. But this might be a, a tough defensive start of the season for Denver. Now let's go to Michael Porter, though. Let's go with some good. Porter had 17 shots in 22 minutes. Bones had 14. Nobody else on the team had more than seven. And when you're in this situation where you don't have Nikola Jokic, it's interesting to see where the shot distribution goes. Murray kind of struggled to gain separation to get his shots off. Porter had no problem getting off his shots. And there is some definite value to that. There's absolutely some value. And he hit a lot of these shots too. 20 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3. Didn't get to the free throw line. I'd still like to see him attack the gla- or attack the rim a little bit better. But with a bunch of pull-up threes, pull-up twos, uh, difficult shots that some of them were open, some of them he hit and, and were pretty consistently within the flow of the offense. Some of them were not, but when you're without Jokic, like this is going to be what he faces a lot of time, a lot of the time when he plays with that bench unit, and that's probably going to happen at some point. We're going to talk about the bench unit in the second segment, but I do think that Porter he's really shown some good stuff. Twenty points, seven rebounds, including two offensive, had one assist, two steals, two turnovers. Uh, one of his turnovers was pretty egregious, I will say. He has this problem where. He doesn't necessarily know when is the right time to dribble dribble through traffic and when not to. To default, most of the time, it's not to dribble through traffic, but there are some times where you can get through there and it actually is a high reward kind of play. He doesn't really find those times that often and more often than most guys, he kind of gives up that ball. But still, only two turnovers for him. He put up 20 points in 17 shots, 22 minutes. It's a high volume of shots. But I'm okay with it. Given kind of where Denver's roster is, you're going to see a lot of these high shot totals for Murray, for Porter, for Jokic, and for Bones. Their offense is going to be mostly concentrated with those four guys. 
And it would not surprise me if we have some splits kind of like we do tonight where maybe all four of those guys, uh, Murray, Porter, Jokic, Bones, have 15 shots and then nobody else on the team has more than seven or somewhere around there. That's going to be kind of common, I would say. It's going to be interesting to see how it evolves, though, and I think that this could be a, a sign of some things to come where Porter, as he continues to earn more good faith within these within this offense, within the system, he's going to get more and more opportunities. Going to have to continue to play good defense. It, I thought he was mostly suboptimal tonight, but did get some stops. It's not like, like Zach Levine also struggles defensively, and he – Still gets as many shots as he wants to with the Bulls. So it's not like it can't work. It's not like Porter can't shoot because sometimes he struggles defensively. That's not how this works. So I do think that he will find a lot of shooting opportunities within this team. And whether it's within the flow or he kind of creates for himself at times and maybe kind of breaks the flow a little bit in a good way, not necessarily always a bad way then I'd be pretty happy with that if I were a Nuggets fan. It's tough though. Like some I I I'm trying to be objective here where sometimes I I just kind of know how this is going to go when Jokic comes back. Like Jokic is going to want to play a certain way, Malone is going to want to play a certain way. There was a possession today where Porter had given up a couple of defensive plays and then finally gets the ball in transition. Malone is sitting down on the bench with his head staring straight ahead. Porter rises up, hits a nice, solid three. Like you would, you would definitely give him some props if you were off the on the Nuggets bench. Malone didn't flinch. He didn't move. He didn't. He just continued staring straight ahead while sitting down. It was a a pretty telling moment, I would say, on where Malone's head is at when it comes to this defense, as opposed to anything else the Nuggets do. That is what's going to eat him up at night. That is what's going to continue to give Malone some uh, definite issues. The Nuggets have to play better defense going forward. And they get a pass because it's the preseason, but you never want to give up 130 points ever. Like, that's just pretty simple. DeAndre Jordan got the start in place of Michael Porter. Seven points, 10 rebounds, three assists in 22 minutes. He was fine. Uh, I thought he had a good first quarter on defense. And I thought that he executed along with the Nuggets, they executed the schemes pretty well, where you kind of force teams into that mid-range and uh, floater zone, not necessarily giving up a bunch of shots at the rim or at the three-point line. And Denver did a pretty good job for the majority of that first quarter. Now, Chicago still scored 27 points because when the bench came in, they gave up a whole bunch of points really quickly. But I do think that Denver starters, they have the capability to play good defense. And I thought that what DeAndre Jordan was doing was pretty good. Now, when he came back in, in the second quarter and then in the third, he was slow getting back. He was slow getting into position in those minutes. And I'm not really surprised. Like, I don't, I don't want to go and single anybody out. But with him and with some of the, like, with Jeff and, and some, like, I don't want to be ageist here, but... Sometimes it's a question of can versus will or can versus could, not that's could versus would is really what I'm trying to do. Can DeAndre get back into 
defensive position in those situations and play solid defense consistently. Maybe. Maybe. If this is a regular season game, if he's hustling, if he's continuing to put in high effort, sure. Played 23 minutes tonight. It's probably close to the ceiling of what he should play on most nights just because, for one, he's going to be the backup center if he is playing at all. But for another, like he's just, he's 34 and he's probably not going to have many 30 minute nights from here on out in his career. So that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if his minutes are going to be coming in those shorter bursts, he's got to be hustling up and down the floor, making sure that he's in defensive position consistently. He had turnovers tonight. Four turnovers was not good, Uh, especially the manner in which he turned the ball over. We just kind of fumbled some handoffs and was trying to make some passes, some simple passes that he couldn't really execute. Sometimes the ball just slips. I'm not going to bemoan that, but it just kind of seems like some of those plays consistently follow him. So it should be fine. Like his, He was only a minus three in the plus minus when Denver lost by 18, so clearly not him. Clearly like don't want to single him out, but there wasn't a lot of good that happened tonight. I do think that his 10 rebounds in 23 minutes, though, that is good. That is something that Denver should be thankful for. Aaron Gordon, 14 points on seven shots, one steal, two blocks, had some really solid shooting, had some good possessions against DeMar DeRozan on defense and on offense. There were, there were some good possessions where Aaron Gordon won that battle. But ultimately, you look back up at the box score and DeMar DeRozan is 9 of 15 with 22 points and looked mostly unbothered by Gordon. This is where Gordon is going to have to take some steps. He made some good strides last year defensively, but there's this gap between where I think the Nuggets would like him to be on the defensive end versus where he actually is. He's good. The Nuggets want him to be great. And until he gets to being great, the Nuggets are going to struggle to be good on the defensive end because so much of the pressure, especially in that starting unit, resides with him, resides with KCP, and then with Jokic and Murray and Porter a little bit lesser, Jokic more than the other two, but KCP is going to take on a lot of pressure and so is Gordon. And those guys, they just have to be excellent most nights. And when the Bulls put up 131 and Casey and uh, DeMar DeRozan puts up 22 points on 15 shots, you look at the matchup, you look at what happened. Now, Javante Green, 15 points, five of seven, three of three from three. That's Michael Porter's guy. 15 points on seven shots versus Michael Porter's 20 points on 17. I do think that like that's kind of how you have to value it. That's how you kind of have to look at some of these things. So it's tough. It's it's not the easiest place to be for where Denver's at. Not a lot of good coming out of the defensive end. Porter's not looking great. Gordon could be better, uh, despite the fact that I thought he had some good defensive possessions on DeMar DeRozan. You just got to be great. And then I, I think I mentioned KCP earlier, but yeah, two of three, 0 of one from three, 20 minutes, solid defensively against Levine. That's what you want from him. He didn't get a bunch of shots, but that's because Michael Porter got 17 within the flow of the offense. So it is what it is. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench unit, and some of the other concerns that I have. But first, football is back, everybody, and nobody is more excited than your friends over at Superbook Sports. 
Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting it on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Back, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's now transition to talking about the bench unit, where uh, it's another subpar night from the bench, I would say. Denver, they had to have been looking for some positivity here, and there were some positive signs. I'm not going to completely bemoan it and say that, oh man, it's going to be just like last year. It's not because Denver, they're going to have more starting lineup talent and they'll be able to stagger more effectively, should be better than it was. But I still have concerns. And I think you can look at the box score pretty easily and understand why. Bones Highland off the bench, 24 points in 22 minutes. Really good stuff. Very solid as a score, 24, 7 of 14 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 of 7 from the line. I think he drew two fouls on three-pointers, if I'm not mistaken. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty good stuff. It's, uh, it's definitely it's very James Harden-esque from Young Bones Highland. But he made some shots, and he looked a lot more comfortable out there hunting that shot. And look, just that's just his game. That's how he has to operate. Most of the time, he has the ball in his hands, and so you call him the point guard. Really, he's a scoring guard. He's somebody like, kind of like Murray. There will be some nights where you have a higher assist total, like Murray had five assists in 13 minutes tonight, Bones in 22 minutes only had two, but he was very effective and had 24 points. And that's just a very productive number and what you're looking for from him in his second year. But you look at the rest of the team, you look at the rest of the numbers and just go down the list. Bruce Brown, four points. Jeff Green, seven points. Zeke Naji, seven points. Davon Reed, five points. It's not a lot. There's not a lot of production outside of Bones, and it's just going to be one of those things that is going to stick out like a sore thumb in most of the box scores next season. It's why it's so important that Murray, Porter, Jokic, and Bones are getting plenty of shots and feeling pretty good because they are the four best offensive creators and scorers and will probably have to be pillars for Denver's offensive production. Bones looks good, though. Needed to see him respond with some fire, with some focus. Did have three turnovers. Wasn't perfect by any stretch, but had a block. Had some better defensive possessions than he did last game. And I have to imagine that Michael Malone's pretty pleased with what he saw. Now, that's one of the only seminal moments for this particular game that Michael Malone will be pleased with. Zeke Naji. Got the backup center role tonight as opposed to the starting role in place of Nikola Jokic. With DeAndre Jordan moving into the starting group, Zeke was off the bench. Played a total of 20 minutes, 7 points, 2 of 7 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line. 2 offensive rebounds, 0 defensive rebounds. 
two rebounds total. That makes it one defensive rebound so far in 37 minutes for Zeke Naji. And look, I'm not here to... I, I, I think that that can be overstated because tonight the Chicago Bulls had five total offensive rebounds. Now, one of them happened, I know, when Zeke Naji was on the court, when Andre Drummond was out there. But the others, I don't even know if they did. I, I honestly don't know. Maybe, Vuce, maybe Vucevic got one, but either way, Naji is a little bit undersized when facing some of these bigger players, a Vucevic, a, an Andre Drummond type. Last game, I don't remember, or it wasn't, no, last game he was facing against the Oklahoma City Thunder Centers, so looked a little bit bigger, looked a little bit stronger and, and more imposing in there. Tonight, he looked pretty small, especially when you play him next to Andre Drummond, next to Michael Porter. Like Chicago, they or everybody kind of on the court. Zeke Naji at some points was the third, fourth, or maybe sometimes even fifth largest guy out there. And it's kind of crazy. It's crazy to think about. So if I were the Nuggets, I would probably give Naji another run with the bench unit next game. Let's assume that Jokic comes back and plays with the starters. Naji, if he's out there with the bench unit, I'd like to see him really focus in on trying to impact the defensive glass. It wasn't Denver's problem tonight by any stretch of the word, but I'd still like to see him down there really grabbing some boards because there were plenty of plays tonight where it was rebounds, it was loose balls, it was shot attempts where it just looked like he was short arming a lot of it. Not like a little bit tentative, not necessarily the passionate, fiery Zeke that we saw against OKC and in training camp and in practices and whatnot. Tonight, Zeke was not necessarily that. So I'd like to see more of it. I'd I'd like to see what happens in the next preseason game for sure. Next up, Bruce Brown. One of four from the field, one of three from three, one of two from the line, only four points total, four rebounds, one assist. Zero steal, zero blocks, minus 13. Not a ton of activity when it comes to Bruce Brown. Now, in other games against the Bulls, where the Bulls would be staggering a little bit, I don't think that they really staggered at all tonight with DeMar and Levine. I think it was more just playing straight up with the starters in the bench lineups for the most part for both teams, uh, except for Denver center. They, they staggered Jordan and Zeke a little bit here. I do think that Bruce Brown would have more of an impact when guarding DeMar DeRozan, when guarding Zach Levine, and you would be able to see it just a little bit better than when he's guarding, I don't know, Goran Dragic, Kobe White, Alex Caruso. All three of those guys, though, were really good. Like They combined for 34 points on 19 shots. All three of those guys off the bench were very, very capable against Denver. And that should be pretty scary if you're the Nuggets. Brown is supposed to be one of those guys that can at least shut them down or at least make life harder for one of them. Not really sure that was felt. I'd have to go back over the film. But just looking at what Denver was doing, it wasn't just him. Like I I honestly think that was mostly just getting the team scrambled and in rotation and then you generate an open shot. 
either in a three mid-range or layup. But the Bulls shot 60% from the field, 53.6% from the three, 89% from the line. Like, it's hard for me to single out Bruce Brown as a positive defensive player right now. And not to mention the offense, he's really just floating out there. This is kind of something that we see from the Nuggets bench often, where especially early in the season, roles are still being defined. Guys like Bruce Brown, they get pigeonholed into off-ball wings. Where Bones is the primary creator, Bruce Brown is still struggling to try to figure out how to impact that. I do think that the Nuggets are going to have to input some sets where Bruce is screening for Bones. Because that'll get him more involved. That'll get him the ball. And as Bones continues to look for that, maybe he can call some of those plays, especially if Bruce Brown hasn't touched the ball in a while. Because having him just be a off-ball floor spacer is not the best thing for his game. He should be more involved. He's a jack-of-all-trades. Go use him. Jeff Green was fine. No real notes. Uh, what were his numbers tonight? Seven points, three of six. One of three from three, two assists, one steal, one rebound. He was fine. You can't really point to him and say, oh, yeah, he was the reason for the defense. Like, he did his job, I thought. Davon Reed, though, the box score numbers were better with him. Like, five points, three assists, two rebounds. Uh, he did have two turnovers. He, he hit a three. I don't think it was great. I don't think this was a good Davon night. Definitely think that I'm still trying to figure out what his best role is for this Nuggets team. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what the backup small forward is supposed to look like. I think it's probably uh, more of just a, an off-ball spacer where sometimes you move the ball and you, you make some passes. And I don't know. It just I'm not sure what to think of Davon so far. I'd kind of like to see Christian Brown in there with the second unit at least a couple times during this preseason. Denver's got three more games left. I'd like to see what Christian Brown can do with the second unit. I know that he's had some uh, shooting confidence issues and hasn't made an outside shot yet, but Christian Brown's a better defender, more impactful, and actually I think does a better job of just getting out in transition and hustling a little bit. So we'll just have to see. I, I need to see more from Davon though. And then as far as the deep bench guys go, you have Ish Smith, Christian Brown, eight points and five assists for Ish Smith in 13 garbage time minutes, did his job exactly how you would want. Christian Brown had a nice cut to the rim, but didn't really do too much in his other minutes tonight. Thought the ball really found Ish Smith, Peyton Watson, and Vlako Chanchar a lot tonight. Watson had seven points on five shots and a block. And sometimes it's hard to really focus in on, especially for me where I've, I'm looking at multiple screens. But every time I looked up, it seemed like Watson was doing something solid in garbage time. So that's fine. That's definitely what you want to see from somebody like him. Is he going to break into the rotation as a result? No. But will it be a nice kind of leap off moment for his G League season? And if he could break back into the rotation later down the line? Maybe so. Maybe that's what he needs. Jack White got his first minutes tonight, had a good defensive play, hit a shot, 
on that good defensive play where he really stood up whoever he was guarding and, and really just kind of blocked the ball right back into their face and ripped it away. He immediately then threw the ball away in transition just off of a very lazy and precise pass. So would like to see more from him at some point. I think I'd like to see him in place of Vlatko if I were uh, just toying around with the rotations and had my own uh, desires met, but that's not going to happen. So we'll see. We'll see whether Jack White gets in a little bit more frequently going forward because I, I think he could be useful. We'll just have to see. And then Vlaco, who's the last guy to play, another kind of subpar showing from him. Not really sure what to make of his minutes so far. Davon, kind of the same thing. It just something just feels off with those two both. So we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to figure that out over the course of a longer period of time, but not really willing to jump to major conclusions on any of those two guys just yet. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna do the concern meter. As Denver's 0 of 2, 0 and 2 in the preseason, how concerned should Nuggets Nation be on various topics? We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll final segment here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this one up by talking about just my concern level for various things. I don't want to, like, put this out into the world and think, oh, man, Ryan's sounding the alarm bells. That's not what's going on here. There's just some stuff that I think Denver hasn't figured out yet, uh, whether it's the defense, whether it's uh, different positions, things of that nature. But let's get into it here real quick. We'll start with the health of the stars, the health of now the big three, because as it as it turns out, now you've got to include Nikola Jokic into that conversation. I'm going on a scale of one to ten, uh, one being basically no concern, ten being a whole bunch of concern. On the health of Denver stars, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., I think I'm probably at a 4 out of 10 right now overall. Let me be clear. I think it's very possible that all three of those guys are back, perfectly healthy. Game 1, Denver is in a good spot where they can play all of those guys. And the only real missing stuff that they have, uh, the only real missing games that they have is rest games and the occasional... Uh, I don't know, you tweak something real quick and then you got to sit out for a day or two. That's that's all I'm really thinking. They could have that. But there's also sort of the background here where lingering stuff now creeps in. Jamal Murray tweaks a hamstring where a soft tissue injury often lingers in the NBA. It's like depending on the grade of the hamstring strain, Denver could be like, Murray could be fine. By next game, he could be out for six weeks, could have something that lasts six or three months. I don't think that that's going to happen. Let me be clear. I was not there. I have no idea. But I do think that stuff like that can linger. Stuff like that can be, oh, hey, you remember why he started the season slow? Oh, yeah, it was because his hamstring was hurting. That That's kind of where I'm at. With Porter, like 
it's just like I will never be at a one in terms of health for the stars because of Porter. Because he could be perfectly healthy and then could immediately sit out at some point. And that's that's just kind of the name of the game with him. So I wouldn't be super duper worried, but uh with Jokic, now you've got this lingering wrist issue. And there was some concern about whether this was something from last year, whether this was like it's it's the same wrist. Is it the same uh, ligament that's giving him issues? Is it actually the ligaments? Is it something else? I think there's a question as to just how tied these wrist injuries are to each other. We just don't know. Like that's that's sort of the bottom line here. Unless somebody, uh, I guess I'm the reporter. Like maybe I should try to find that out. But until we know whether they're tied together and if this is a freak thing or if this is a chronic thing or if this is something that he's going to never deal with again or if it's something he's going to deal with for the rest of his career, I'm I'm still going to have some lingering concerns. Do I think this is going to be a reason that he plays fewer than 70 games? No. Could he sit out a couple here or there? Sure. I wouldn't be that concerned though. So add it all up, I'm, I'm at like a four. Might even drop it down to a three. Let's talk about the effectiveness of the stars, though. That I'm at a two on the concern meter. Two out of ten. The stars, when they've played, I mean, Yoke, we we have zero concerns. He could score zero points in the preseason, and I don't really care. Uh, Those guys have shown that they're healthy. Murray, probably the guy that I'd be a little bit more worried about than Porter at this point. But Porter, I think, has shown it's like he's never left. He's playing like he's never left, where... He can put up the crooked score, the crooked box score numbers really quickly here. Gonna grab some rebounds, gonna hit a bunch of threes, gonna score around the rim, gonna do a bunch of different things. I think he's gonna be fine. Yoke obviously is an MVP candidate. I would like to see Murray score a few more times where he gets all the way to the rim. Haven't seen that quite yet. That's the only thing keeping this from a one. On the defense, next next category here, defense, my concern level is a 7 out of 10. I do think that this is going to be one where I could look foolish in a couple months when Denver's defense is ranked like 7th, and that would be great because if Denver's defense is 7th, I feel very good about their chances. If it's 18th, like I think is possible at the beginning of this season, then that's definitely a cause for concern. I do think that they have better personnel where when the when the rotation tightens up a little bit and the Nuggets need to be better on the defensive end, they have the pieces, they have the guys that can really start to do that. The only question, of course, is whether you actually believe that that rotation will fully tighten. There will probably still be nine players in the rotation, and one of those guys uh, is going to be a backup center. So Zeke, he probably has to step up in that situation. But tonight, really not impressed with the defense from anybody, but in particular, just that second unit. They might hemorrhage points, even with Bruce Brown out there. That'll be a very concerning thing if it does actually happen. So I'm going to need to see more from the second unit, especially defensively. I do think that starters, like they can do some stuff defensively when they try. That's definitely not my concern. The second unit is a concern. 
backup center. My concern level right now is a 5 out of 10 because in the grand scheme of things, it's not a thing that matters a whole heck of a lot. Because let's say they do go with Zeke and he shoots 40% from three, kind of has some struggles in protecting the rim and doing some things you'd like there. But Denver can be a little bit more switchable with him out there. They get some stops against different smaller teams. That's a reasonable thing. If they go with DeAndre Jordan, then they might be better against bigger centers. They might be better protecting the rim. They will be vulnerable at various points. But they might be able to generate more dunks this way. That'd be pretty good. Backup center, I'm also at a five. I do think that Davon Reed is going to be fine. Fine is probably the operative word there, though, because he's not a special player by any stretch of the word. He's a guy that I think is going to be a complimentary piece who sometimes wins you a game because he scores 16 points off the bench and hits four threes, and sometimes he loses you a game because he went 0 of 4 from 3 and 0 of 7 overall because he couldn't really get anything going in the opportunities that he did have. That's sort of the name of the game here with some of these bench guys, but with him specifically, there's just not a, a key backup that Denver can really put out there. Christian Brown's a rookie. Jack White is a rookie. They might stagger and may, let's say they go Murray at the 2, Bruce Brown at the 3. That's probably fine, but it makes Denver very small. So concern level there is probably a five because it's not going to hurt them that much, but it may not help them either. And then last one, Denver's early season urgency levels. How much will they care early in the season? About a six out of 10. You would think that after... A bad performance against OKC, even though it's the preseason, even though like you're doing your best to win a job, you're doing your best to figure things out. I have to imagine that Denver is probably not going to come out with the urgency that we would hope. There was definitely a different sense. Like there's a sense of confidence from training camp that shows that they know that they can do it. It's just about doing it. I remember back in 2018-19 when they won 54 games were a two seed. You could tell that they were coming out with a vengeance after losing game 82 the previous season. They were feeling different that year, tangibly different. This year, I'm not sure if I feel that sense of urgency. It might be because they have a whole bunch of veterans. And the veterans are like they know – how much and how long the season is, how long this takes. They don't necessarily need to go full bore in games one through 30 in order to be the best possible team that they could be. I believe that. But I also know that if they did go full bore one through 30, then they would get themselves out to a really strong start and then potentially be able to coast for the rest of the season, not necessarily having to kind of pull some catch up. I would prefer the latter. I think they're going to be the former. If I had to guess, I would say that this team is probably 18 and 12 following the first 30 games. Everybody will be concerned and then they'll turn it on and then they'll 
probably win like 37 of the next 50 games or so. It'd be really good. But it's going to be a mad dash at the end of the season as opposed to really kind of leading into it a little bit. All right. That's all I have. Uh, wish Denver performed a little bit better tonight. Wish we could see some solid defense for a prolonged stretch. Until we do see it, I have to imagine there will be some concerns. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. I'll be back next week, Sunday night, Monday morning, whenever you listen to it. And we will probably talk about what happens on practice on Sunday and then maybe do some previewing of what is to come for the rest of this preseason. Maybe talk about some training camp battles a little bit. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.